0: welcome to episode 63 of coffee pods and wads sponsored by rain body fuel the ultimate fitness focused drink to help support performance and also sponsored by ollie clothing a brand dedicated to helping you in your pursuit of success they make products that support all active endeavors and they create content that adds clarity and convenience to the self-development process speaking of which discussions are underway about garments so keep an eye out uh box coaching are also on board to offer you an opportunity to learn um, more and further yourself in your coaching career, BurBox Coaching Development Course is an online course that will help develop a coach in a personal sense through self-discovery while learning academically about the psychological side of coaching. You can go to burrboxcoachingdevelopment.com and you can use the code PODS to get 20% off the course. Um, Nathan that runs that also runs the gymnastics course, which is a CrossFit Preferred course as well. And listeners to the podcast get 20% off those courses anywhere in the world. Um, if you email info at com and put pods in the subject line there um, I've started a weekly email so drop me a DM or email wads at, at com if you want in on the latest news and filtering of guest chat filtering because it's like coffee um, The CrossFit Games kicks off the day after tomorrow so who better to have on than Adrian Bosman um, Adrian is a head judge of the games and one of Castro's right-hand men um, I could clickbait this and pretend that Adrian gives us loads of hints and tons of information about the games um, But I'm not like that um, But you won't believe what he says about Roque no, I'm only joking um, We chat about his involvement in HQ And the different roles he's had since he started there As well as how he kept himself busy during lockdown Enjoy, listen, share and tag So thanks for doing this first of all. Oh
1: man, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
0: No, my pleasure. Um, you got a, that's a nice little Yeti mug you got there. That's cool. Yeah,
1: it's actually my wife. Um, she was the head head coach at a gym here locally. Uh, they opened up a few years ago and then she worked there for about two years and then, uh, that's the way and they gave her that as uh you know, kind of a thank you. So it's got, it's got the family name on the back there. So I steal it and, uh, Oh, yeah, that's cool. Re- re- reappropriate it for myself. <laughs> yeah. it's
0: like, oh, that was sweet of you to get you, to get you that present. I'll take that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw you yeah, with an AeroPress on your Instagram a while ago. I'm guessing you're a bit of an aficionado then.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say that. I am uh, very much a pragmatist when it comes to such things. I, I cheat. I have a friend who owns a coffee shop down the road. A good friend and uh, he makes great coffee. Yeah, exactly. So I go and see him. That's like my one quarantine social activity. <laughs> uh, I'll go. See, he's he's managed to stay open for you know to go and things. So I'll go see him. He'll make me great coffee. And then when I'm unable to do that, I'll make an Aeropress, which turns out great despite my basically putting water in it and waiting, forgetting that I'm making coffee, and then coming back and pressing it through. Yeah, at a random yeah.
0: interval so it's fairly uh, true. It i mean there's like yeah. there's i'm proof of that <laughs> <laughs> there's there's definitely like you know a real system to it and like you know timing and weight and all that but i think once you have the ratios okay and then once you like yeah. you know don't just like chuck water into it you kind of like slowly pour it i think it, everything else kind of takes care yeah, of itself yeah. really like you know it's um yeah it's a good way of making it do you like turn it upside down? To put in,
1: no, I don't. You know, people have, uh, people message me all sorts of innovative ways to do it, but I, I really, like I said, man, I'm just a i'm a pragmatist when it comes to my own creature yeah. comforts. So I really don't, uh, and next system, time, next, you know,
0: next time you make it, on, like leave the plunger all the way out, but like, yeah. in it, if you know, like seal it, yeah, yeah, turn it upside down and make it that way, and then like, you know, screw yep. the top on, put the mug and turn it upside down because I, I don't know, I think if you make it the other way like the water co- has to come out yeah so I've always made right. it the, I just like it the other way but yeah you know here or, or don't there's, do a it been a, <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of fires around
1: here lately um I, I don't know if you guys heard that news but California yeah, yeah. has been you know hit pretty hard with with fires and
0: 2020 we were right?
1: hosting yeah exactly we were hosting uh some friends of ours that got uh evacuated from their town mm. so it was there. uh my my friend, his wife, and their two kids. So it's fun, you know, full house for a few days. Uh, and my friend, he's he's really into you know specific coffee yeah. method and this and that. And he's talking to me about all these different ways he's experimented. And oh, do I have my thing dialed in? And I just stop him and say, Hey, look, I-, <laughs> I like to drink it. I enjoy it. I can tell when it's made well, but I'm not the guy to make it well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I do love hearing about like guests, coffee memories of like a place or maybe some company or yeah big life event or something with coffee in the mix somehow. Is there anything that springs to mind? Oh yeah, immediately. I, uh, I didn't drink coffee until I was in my
1: late 20s, maybe almost 30, I'm trying to get the dates right. Uh, yeah, it's like 28 maybe. Hmm. And uh, I had the opportunity to work in Australia for a few years, well, it was, it was going to be for a year, and then it ended up being cut short. I, I ended up coming back and forth way too often to make it practical. So, mm-hmm. just anyway, but we were there for about six months. And the gym that I was working at um, at the time, they had a barista with a full you know cafe setup in the front of their gym, and they had a bit of a deal going on where uh, the gym owner didn't charge them rent to open up the coffee shop okay. there. But the deal was that the the staff got free coffee whenever they wanted it. That was rent. So
0: ended up paying more. So I'd
1: show up to probably, yeah. yeah. So I'd show up to teach a 5 a.m. class and which was ludicrous that they had 5 a.m. classes. And what was more ridiculous is that they'd have like 40 people show up for them. It, it blew my mind. Australians are weird. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I would just get coffee kind of thrust at me and I would drink it because it was wretchedly early. Mm. And then uh, coffee in Australia is also really good. Like the average coffee that you're going to get there, much, much higher quality than the United States. Um, oh, yeah. You know, the U.S. you kind of have to find a like a craft place or like a really boutique shop. But in Australia, almost anywhere you can find a good coffee.
0: Um, yeah, I've had, anyway, I've, had a, I've had a few Australians on and then a few people who've been to Australia and any time I ask them that question, yeah. if they've ever been there, they always just go like, Well, I was in Australia once, or you know, it always seems to come back there. So I think it seems to be kind of a mecca yep. for I know they like it was between them and New Zealand. One of them invented the flat white. I think there's arguments around who Yeah, I think they like to fight about that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like to fight about anything though. It's just accents yeah, if, well, if, any, know, like, if either like, of them are, are accused of being then. from the <laughs> other country it ends up being an argument and i'd say there's a lot of bugbears similar to the flat white of like well, no we did it first so i'd say that's their yeah that's their modus operandi or whatever um i listened yep. to you on uh two brain radio with sean um oh yeah of, um, what
1: is that like a year ago or something Maybe yeah a yeah
0: longer? um You've done a few, like a couple of podcasts. I think, do you find it weird talking about yourself or are you kind of comfortable in that setting? Do you just kind of, I don't know, get into like a state of flow and you don't really think about it or do you ever get like, you know, this is weird?
1: Uh, That's a good question. I think it's definitely still weird um, because, you know, in my mind, the... The only reason people—well, not the only reason—that's you know—I don't. I, <laughs> you know, I, I I am well known via the CrossFit community, and uh, that's great. You know, I'm I'm very lucky to have been involved for so long, and and I've certainly had my influence and my mark on that, and uh, and that's been a great journey. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I do find it strange that people want to contact. I mean, geez, you know, you're contacting me from how many thousands of miles away uh to to pick my brain about about things and yeah so it is definitely very weird uh but i don't mind talking about myself um as long as it's not the only thing you know it is kind of weird to sit there and just unpack you're like well okay me for the next (laughs) 90 minutes
0: so tell us about when you were seven years old (laughs) yeah exactly
1: like oh man
0: (laughs) i think though like i think the the reason people gravitate towards certain people like i think i think you're very giving with your time, like even like say through lockdown and stuff, I saw you doing like kind of lunchtime Instagram lives and putting a post about it and stuff. Like where did they spawn from? Or what did that come from?
1: Um, That was actually uh, started from uh, an affiliate that reached out to me and he said, Hey, you know, we're trying to keep our members engaged. So we've been doing a weekly series where I try to find somebody and and bring them on to our, affiliate's Instagram live channel. Mm. And we just talk about them it's kind of like a Friday thing that we do. Mm. And he was from Jordan and so I hopped on with him, we had a great conversation uh over Instagram live and I, I wasn't aware at the time that they had a time limit on their oh, service. Yeah. I think it, it kicks you off after, you know, 45 minutes or something,
2: mm.
1: maybe an hour. Um and so he's like, "Oh, you know, we only have a minute left, we're going to get booted." And I said, "Oh, well, why don't we just like hang up and then I'll start my live and you can jump back on if you have the time. And he didn't have the time, but there were a bunch of other people that were still kind of on the feed. And so I was like, Oh, I'm just going to pick somebody at random and talk to them for a little while. <laughs> and that was really fun. So I thought ah, let's do this more regularly. So I started a little series there for, I don't know, I did it for a week or two mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the whole world imploded, uh, with, you know, just all of the, craziness that went on in the crossfit world and then you know the political turmoil in the united states and i was like i'm social media is just not a good place i'm Mm. taking a break so i hopped off instagram for like six weeks and uh just kind of slowly getting back into it so i think i don't know if i'm going to start that back up or not
0: yeah i think like i always wonder like i like i see some like sonny webster does it sometimes where he just randomly allow someone you know like I assume if there's thousands of people watching a live there's probably thousands like maybe 20 people ballsy enough to click the request invite (laughs) thing so like (laughs) sometimes some people just click like admit and then I always wonder like Jesus what would you say if you just suddenly popped up on the screen to all those people like uh hi so I think like getting back to the podcast thing I think the reason that people are drawn to people like you is because obviously you've been involved in CrossFit and that's like your foot in the door for people's lives, I suppose. But then when you're giving with your time and when you're like, you know, just kind of affable and like, you know, generally yeah. likable, like you're not a dick, like, you know, or else if you are, you hide <laughs> it really well. But like, I think, Yeah. It kind of draws people towards you to be like, oh, I want to know more. Like, you know, um, I think your your story with CrossFit seems to be like a right time, right place kind of thing for becoming Very a rock. Very um, tell us a bit about that.
1: Well, I moved to San Francisco in 2003 and uh, I was training acrobatics at the time. Um, mm. And I always had an interest in, you know, weightlifting and gymnastics, things like that. It didn't have a really good way to kind of blend them together, but, but you know, I did them. Um, and at the time I was working at a grocery store, just, you know, stock boy job that I could use to pay the bills and then train during the day. Mm. And a friend of mine uh, at the school for acrobatics used to say, hey, you know, you're really good at teaching. You should be a personal trainer. And in my mind, I didn't even know that that was a thing that people did for money. (laughs) It was not like part of my plan at all. But, you know, I caught in my brain and I said, "Okay, sure. So I went down and got my credentials for personal training and started doing that at a, a normal commercial gym. And then I stumbled across the CrossFit website in uh, it's like late 2004 or five. Um, and I was close enough to Santa Cruz. I was an hour away from the original gym. So occasionally I'd just go down there and, and take a class. You know, at that time I was so small. It's like, well, why would I not just go and do that thing?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so I did. And then I uh, took my level one uh, in 2006. Um, and then I started working really quickly thereafter at San Francisco CrossFit. I uh, worked there for five years with Kelly. And then um, in the kind of middle period, there, like 2007, the uh, seminar team for the for CrossFit was expanding, and, and uh, they found me through San Francisco CrossFit, and the fact that I, you know, kind of knew them from just being in and around the community. Um, so, I, I interned for that and I didn't blow it, I guess. And <laughs> they kept handing me more responsibility. And, and over time, that was kind of the process. You know, I was there and willing to step up and they give me a little bit and I run with it. And then they give me a little bit more and it, it grew into a full time thing. So, yeah, I think you I think nailed it. it. It very much was a right place, right time. I think like, well, and right attitude and all that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, true. Um, Like coming up on a a couple of decades nearly, I suppose, or a decade and a half anyway, involved in the sport. Like what what are the changes that you've seen that you're like most proud of with the sport and the, I suppose the training methodology itself?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that we now have an international training crew that can go anywhere in the world and does go anywhere in the world and delivers uh, an introductory seminar that is consistent. And, you know, it really does set the framework for somebody's ability to move forward as either a coach or just an enthusiast or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm really proud of that. Like that's a, that was a tough effort to uh, to get that to a point that it's consistent enough to to be able to do that. Um, So proud of that. I'm proud of how huge the sport has gotten. Um, You know, like I was, I have a hard time giving myself accolades for things, but you know, when I look at it objectively, I'm like, well, I have been there almost since the beginning, you know, I've been involved Mm -hmm. in every CrossFit games, uh, since 2008, uh, been involved in all the regionals, all the open competitions that we've done, you know, so from the officiating and the the logistics of running the sport, like I really have helped to craft that end of it. And, uh, yeah, to be able to see that rise to such prominence, um, it's crazy you know
0: (laughs) yeah it is I've I've always
1: yeah like I've always been interested in kind of more fringe sports or like folkier sports and and to see something kind of take take I don't know take uh hold and then emerge in in more of the public mainstream sphere it's it's pretty wild to be a part of that so yeah yeah I am proud of that
0: Is there anything then that's happened that, like, you're not happy with? Is there anything? Because obviously you've seen an awful lot of things happen. Like, is there anything, Um, you know, that side of it? Like, obviously there's all the controversy over the last, whatever. Sure. Like, we'll say aside from that, is there anything going on in the sport? Like, I know a couple of people I've had on have said, like, you know, maybe it's like the sport side is maybe too commercial. And some people have said, like, well, it's good to have that because it gives people something to aspire to that they want to, you know, like no one picks up a a NFL football unless they've watched the Super Bowl at some point, you know, that kind of way. Like, so is there anything that maybe you're not as happy with?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess to me, like, again, I'm, my interests are always, and they always have been kind of fringe. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up in kind of like a weird punk rock local community. And uh, that was always kind of my, my, my thing growing up, and uh, yeah, I've always been interested in things that are not necessarily as mainstream. Um, mm. That's not to say that there's a problem with the mainstream, but anytime you take something that has been on the fringe and now you import it, you are going to drag some of those mainstream trappings with it. And I think we're definitely seeing that in, in CrossFit in a lot of ways. Um, and so, in my opinion, one of the things that drew me to CrossFit in the first place was that it really was a stripping away of a lot of the bloat of the f- fitness industry you know like the the whole fitness industry is it's based on snake oil you know for the most part it's oh you need these magic pills mm. and you need this super secret methodology and you know it's a, it's it's a racket and crossfit came in and said no this is the line in the sand you're going to hit the most bang for your buck movements you're going to do them intensely you you don't need these ridiculous supplements you don't need this peripheral You know, you need a little bit of time and the willingness to do it. And that's about it. You really don't even need that much specialized equipment. Mm. And now with the mainstream um, adoption of that, I think you see that attitude start to creep back in. And so sometimes I'll see newer people that come into CrossFit or they come to a seminar or whatever. And it's almost like they've convinced themselves that if they don't have a, you know, 5,000 square foot facility with all the nicest equipment, that they can't pursue it in a way that's meaningful or where they're going to make progress. It's like, no, that's, that's crazy. You know, like this whole method was built on pragmatism <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: uh, and and same thing with uh, some of the, you know, commercial offshoots. And, and I'll say, you know, I'm a, I'm a full blown capitalist. I want everybody to be able to, you know, make their, make their money and, and do their thing. I have no problem with somebody uh, having a a great offshoot business. But at the point that you're trying to convince me that I need this to recover or I need that to make any progress, and this is super critical. That's where I'm gonna push back and say, no, I don't think that really has a place within the method. It's great if you wanna do that, but let's not kid ourselves and think that your snake oil pill that has marketing uh, directed towards the CrossFit community is any different than the bodybuilding one that came about in the seventies, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no different. So that's the kind of thing that I think people need to just have a little more critical awareness of.
0: So. Yeah. um, I like that. Yeah. You, you like you worked, as you mentioned there with the seminar staff, you traveled and coached. And I think like my own coach said that it's an unbelievable day because it's like, it's so rare that you get a group of people with like all in the same meeting point of the Venn diagram, all there for the same reason, all there to learn all there because it's something that they love doing. Like they're all there for the same reason and they all want the same reason from it. And that it creates this like really just good vibe and good energy over the course of the weekend. Like, what are your memories of like, I suppose, your journey through that, like from your going, like interning at your first seminar to now?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember doing my level one in 2006. And at the time, you know, it was a lot less polished than it is now. It was pretty raw. It was uh, back when they still did a three-day uh, seminar. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it was brutal. I mean, we just got crushed with workouts. We worked out so much and it was, uh, it was, you know, just a different animal. But I remember coming away from that, just so fired up. And exactly for that reason, you're like, wow, this is this kind of weird oddball thing that I've stumbled into. There's all these other people that are into it. I don't have to like break down the barrier of like, what is this crazy work? It's like, no, everybody's already got that buy-in and now we just have to craft the best way to do it um, or learn the best way to do it. So yeah, you get hyped for that. Um, but one of the things that I feel really lucky about, you know, after doing my level one, getting part of the seminar staff, excuse me, uh, you know, I, I had the opportunity to travel a lot for the next decade. I, I did seminars pretty much uh, every weekend for almost 10 years, a little bit, a little more than 10 years. Um, and I would end up in places that I'd never traveled. I, I would never think to travel to on my own, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to a T, people were so generous and so just willing to extend and show you their community and invite you into their homes and yeah i mean that just really opened my eyes to you don't necessarily have to have much in common with people uh but if you just have that one shared thing Hmm. you know generally speaking people are going to to be good and they want to do good and they want to uh you know help each other out and and it almost doesn't matter like what the rest of your life looks like uh, if you have that one common thing and whatever that happens to be. In this case, it was CrossFit. It was like, man, there's just an immediate buy-in and then you could move forward from there. And it, it, I don't know, it just really blew me away. It continues to, to this day. Um, and especially now, you know, everything's so heated. I, I don't know what it's like uh, over where you guys are in, in the you know, UK, but uh, here, everything's just so, oh, is, is Ireland not part of the UK? No man, is that, is that one of the? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm blowing it. I I can't keep it all this is, straight. This is have... New
0: Zealand, Australia. You've you've just New Zealand, Australia. <laughs> yeah.
1: Brutal. All right, I'm gonna no, can fine. the interview now. <laughs> I don't, know, don't, worry, don't worry. <laughs> Sorry,
0: I'm not. I I, got, I, I, I I don't really give too much of a shit, but I know that some people will get really pissed oh, off.
1: Oh, they get heated. Sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Um. Anyway, yeah, you, I got some Welsh friends, you, and they, I got, they I got shit a, about
0: that too. Yeah, I got a message. I actually can't remember who it was, but I know someone must be me saying that you delivered their seminar one, their level one seminar. And like, I think one thing that must be cool about it is that kind of like you stuck in his head of like, as soon as he saw, I put up a picture saying, oh, any questions for tomorrow? And as soon as he saw the picture, you replied, and was like, he gave my level one amazing guy, Regal oh, coach. Do cool. like, you know, like it oh, must right be cool on. as yeah. well having that kind of, you know, being that pebble that causes the ripple, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's interesting to think about, it. and I'll tell you, man. Sometimes it's 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 scary uh, because yeah, you, know, you go through ups and downs in life, and sometimes you feel like you're, yep, I'm the man, I'm doing exactly what I should be, and then mm. other times you question, am I in the right place? Like, is this still, <laughs> am I still the guy that's that's right for this?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and and it is. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I put pressure on myself. I'm like, I don't. Sometimes I don't feel like that guy anymore. Uh, but. Yeah, it, it is an amazing thing to, to sit back and think of exactly that, that ripple effect. Mm. And I think about it also on our seminar team. I, I had the opportunity to help train a lot of the guys that are really prominent now, and just kind of that progression. Yeah. Um, but getting getting back to my thought before I put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say that you know everything's such a, a frenzy these days, uh, at least in the United States just politically and everybody's at each other's throats and and it's funny because all of that noise is, is online mm. when you get outside and you actually talk to people it's like a, people are generally civil there's actually a lot of good going on mm. and crossfit has been such an example of that in my life um you know i can point to so many different times that i've met somebody that I had nothing other than crossfit in common with and boom that was it you know that's all it took um, mm. and, and next thing you know, your fast friends, and they want to they want to talk to you about their life and invite you into that, and you know you are willing to reciprocate. And it's it's I don't know. It's a I'm struggling to find the to land the plane moment of this ramble, but I guess it's just to say that I really do believe through that experience that people are a lot more willing and uh, able to form fast friendships and connect and, and do the right thing. Um, I, I think it's definitely opened my eyes to a much more optimistic outlook on life
0: Yeah, you know, people it's, in general. So. It's probably better as well when it's not online and people don't have a keyboard to hide behind and that kind of anonymity. Right.
1: Like
0: so. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. How did you become involved in judging then? So in
1: 2007, they, they had the first games at the ranch hmm. and uh, it was so low-key. It was kind of like, hey, we're going to do this event, and everybody was like, okay, cool. <laughs> that was that, uh, and my wife and I had other plans. I don't even remember what they what we did, but we we just weren't available, and so you know, like, okay, cool, the games are happening. Um, and it was, yeah, everybody's seen the videos. I think at this point, it was fifty people in the in Dave's uh, parents' backyard, basically <laughs> doing uh, doing some rolling, and, and it was very very cool. Uh, and then they decided, hey, let's do this again. And that's when I got involved, was 2008, um, on the game side. Dave asked if I would come and help out, and I said, sure. And by the end of that event, he was calling me his head judge. And, uh, you know, I kind of took over the role of organizing uh, the officiating and just coming up with strategies to to make sure that that's as fair as it could be. And <clears throat> and that was the role that was kind of given to me uh, right out the gate. And I just ran with it. So yeah, really, again, was right place at the right time. And, and at that point, you know, Dave and I had known each other for a few years. <clears throat> and he had enough, uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I guess enough trust in me to uh, take take more and more responsibility. And he knew that based on what I'd done in the past and worked for him that that was going to be uh, something I could handle. And here we are.
0: Yeah, like, what are your like, what's so obviously your role is like, you know, a Head judge, but like yeah, ha, wh- like what does that entail? So like I assume you Good must question. be privy, privy to workouts beforehand so that you can help with standards yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but like say in the lead up to and the whatever the guts of a week at the games, like what what are what are your yeah. tasks that you have to take off?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So you know, for the rest of the year, like I, I I've always straddled a couple of different roles within the cross world, and so you know my I guess my most forward facing title is head judge of the CrossFit Games. And I think sometimes people think that it's just, that's every day, all year, I'm doing that work. And and that's not the case, you know. But certainly when we get more into games-type events and closer to those, then that work ramps up. And a lot of it is, okay, we need to come up with scheduling and strategies for making sure we have a roster that everybody can be, uh, you know, both active enough that they're sharp, but Mm. rested enough that they're making good calls. Uh, we need to source the best people that we can for those positions, the ones with the most experience. Uh, most of those are our seminar staff, so we have to balance that with the ongoing seminars that are happening. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of logistics work like that, um, and then testing events with Dave. Um, you know, weighing in on what I think is going to be in line with the test that he's got in his mind, but also something that's going to be easy enough to to standardize so that it's fair. You know, we've had mm-hmm. some events in the past that they're a little outside the box. And I mean the ring handstand push-ups from was it 2015 or something? Mm. Is a great example where it's like okay, we can do this, but the standard is going to be very hard to enforce. And if we know that and we we accept that and we still want to do it, fine. But I'm the guy that has to put up his hand and say, "Hey, this is going to get messy," yeah. <laughs> and that's okay if we know that. I was thinking with, to accept
0: with Dave <laughs> as well. Bit. Like we had greg from concept on before and he said that you greg know Hammond. Oh, yeah. he's a great guy man yeah he's cool yeah the best um, but he was like dave would turn around and say oh we're gonna do a marathon um or a half marathon but i want the first like f- you know first bit of distance to count as well as a second score. Yeah. and greg was just like okay cool and like went back to concept and was like so dave wants this and they were like oh for <laughs> how f- are we gonna do straight. it like <laughs> so i i feel yeah. like that's might be a common thread with Dave where he says, all right, we're going to do this. And you're like, Oh my God, like, that's not even how, how am I going to explain to my team that I need them to say yeah. that that's a rep or that's not a rep. Like, is there, yeah, absolutely. Are, are there other ones where you've heard what he wants to test and just wanted to put your head in your hands?
1: Yeah, there was one year early at Carson where we were doing, uh, oh man, what was it? It was, uh, Medicine ball clean and carry and deficit handstand push-ups. I think was the event, and it turned out to be a great event. But the standard for the handstand push-ups was—I mean, we were arguing back and forth about it, like basically until the event started. And (laughs) and we—I felt like I was kind of putting an impossible uh, position there because I wasn't really sure what they wanted, but I had to get it right. And then I had to brief the judges and I had to make sure the athletes had the same standard. And there was no time whatsoever. And so that was like a very very stressful moment i i recall i didn't handle it as well as i would have liked to in, in retrospect
0: <laughs> yeah i even though <laughs> it happens like even smaller things i like said the split jerks last year like yeah. i was confused doing i did them in the workout once and i was confused yeah. i was like right left foot and right <laughs> hand goes forward so like stuff like that even must be hard like there must be Kind of moments where you're like, shit! Did I just make a mistake there? Was and then, and especially yeah. when everything's moving so quickly, you're not absolutely.
1: to are even, and and I'll tell you, the the practice that goes in ahead of time. Yeah. You know, especially at the games. The games is is uh, such a unique thing because you have. When we were doing regionals, uh, regionals events were great. I love doing those events, but the challenge for those was replication. Right, you yeah. knew what it had to be. It had to be the same whether you're in Madrid or you know, Tennessee, whatever. Same timetable, same event, same standards, same all of it. And when people can watch it again and scrutinize and this and that, you can mm. notice the small deviations. And at the end of the day, ultimately it doesn't matter. As long as it's standard at that venue, it's fine, mm. but you want it to be consistent. That's the challenge at the games. It's very different because we have this huge group of hardworking, motivated people. We have Dave's vision and most of that is already set but there will be things that change as the competition unfolds just due to, you know, okay, we can't actually make this timeline in, in the, you know, 15 minute transition. We will not be able to get this equipment on or get that equipment off. Or, you know, we tested it on site and it turns out the field here is worse than the field we tested on back home. Yeah. So we need to amend the weights. Or, you know, things like that pop up. And uh, when that happens, you have the entire working body of people there, willing to just shift gears and move in that direction Mm. so generally speaking anytime something comes up that seems impossible you have the resource to just pivot and make it work and it's it's really amazing to see it happen it's uh i think it's one of the reasons that that people that come to the games and volunteer their time and help out they want like almost always they come back they want to do it again and they're so involved in that because it's just an amazing experience to see everybody okay we were doing this five minutes later we're doing this and we're all bought in and we do it Uh, yeah it's it's crazy Um, but yeah there's definitely times where does it help like you sure about that dave
0: (laughs) does it help though having dave as in like say with the sled workout from last year like yeah, he was just the figurehead of hate there for that where sure. if anyone yeah. he was pissed takes, off, like he just takes he everything. takes that role. Yeah. yeah. So it yeah, must be, think, it must be nice uh, for you guys having him there.
1: It is. Yeah. And and for a lot of reasons, I mean, Dave's a great leader. And especially in the, when it's crunch time like that, and there's a lot of pressure, like his clarity in, in those mm. moments is, is incredible. He's I've, I've never met anybody like that who can just assimilate what's happening, make a decision on how to move forward. And now we're doing this. And he doesn't have to second guess. He doesn't, he doesn't fall into this endless deliberation. Um, but at the same time, and, and, you know, I've known Dave a long time. We've been friends since geez, 2007. And uh, he's he's definitely a strong personality, no question about that. But he's also very willing to change his mind if you have a reason to change his mind. Like he's mm-hmm. not I think his online persona sometimes paints him as like this. This is where I am and it's unyielding and unmoving.
0: Yeah, I imagine it's that's that's deliberate as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it's like a caricature of himself to, you know, it's yeah. like a, there's to a element of protectionism yeah. there, I'd say, like that. It's, sure. You know, um, say at the games then, we'll just, you know, some fantasy land where I'm a games actor. Yeah. And I turn up um, and we're like... Is it you that tells me then, okay, this is what we're looking for here. Like obviously Dave will announce the workout and say, you know, next workout is X, Y, and Z. Um,
1: yep.
0: And then he might answer a couple of questions if there's, you know, anything major, I suppose. And then he heads off, we head off. And then I assume what you come in or someone comes in and says, here's the standard for this. If there's a confusing yep. one, I guess there's certain ones that are like, no, that's exactly like, right. right. You have to squat up, parallel or whatever, but say for yeah. ring handstand pushups, it's like, right, we need to do this, this, and this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And so the process, especially on site at the games, is: you know, we'll have the. Dave will announce the workout. Uh, the athletes will still be there. Dave will take off or do whatever he's doing next. If he can stick around, he will. And then I'll set up with uh, my team, and that'll include the demo team with a full layout of the event as close as we can get it in that de- that uh, briefing area. Um, and we'll go through every movement. We'll answer questions about every movement. We'll set the expectation. The judges are in the same room uh, with that briefing. And the goal there, you know, I think it's a, uh, kind of this weird perception sometimes when you get into the heat of the competition that it's like us versus them. And I think sometimes the athletes have that uh, perception that it's like, oh, they're out to get us or, you know, there's, mm-hmm. I don't know, some sort of weird ill intention. And nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, in my opinion, if if we don't have to step in at all, I'm like, thank goodness. You know?
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's way better when you have a smooth run and everybody's happy. Like it's better. It's better for the spectators. It's better for the athletes. It's better for the staff. I mean, we all want the same thing, which is the athletes to highlight their best performance. Um, and so in an effort to make that happen, we try to take the time to let people just get their uh, concerns out of, uh, as much as possible to answer any questions and, uh, you know, smooth that over. Now, is, does that satisfy everybody? No. You know, are there still uh, conflicts sometimes and confusions? Absolutely. But but every year, we, I think we get better at that process and we get a little bit more transparent. And um, Yeah. But, but that's the goal, you know, smooth run. Everybody on the same page, knock it out.
0: And when it's not a smooth run there, so like, yeah. <laughs> is there... Like, it never it, happens. Come on. <laughs> is it hard as a judge? Like, I know like my father-in-law is rewatching old, uh, games, like, Oh, that's uh, cool. Playlists on YouTube. Like yeah. he only recently discovered the sport really. Um, but he's like right mad, mad passionate about sport. Like, so he's watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. was like, um, it was the one with the slug where Sam Briggs, I think it was. It was yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Six, 15, I think. And, um, Sambrags the amazing comeback to, you know, the rope climbs and everything, just comes out of nowhere, yep. like hadn't even been mentioned. But then the yeah. entire time throughout that there was like an athlete arguing with a judge about a no rep on the rope climbs. And it's kinda like it got me thinking of that thing of like obviously with the benefit of hindsight or like where there's no adrenaline no emotion you can be like yeah that's pretty stupid waste of time but like when you're in the moment (laughs) and you're like but I touched the top it's like but I didn't see it touch the top but I touched the top and it just ends up like is it difficult to kind of I suppose like you said you don't want it to become an us versus them thing but it must be hard to kind of keep that line of not like you know not giving in but not like having this endless like back and forth as well if there's an argument over yeah or...
1: absolutely it's it's it, there's a, there's going to be a tension there i mean you know that's it's with all the it's not us versus them everybody's on the same page the, the reality is is that they are different sides of the same coin mm-hmm. and you do have the athlete that is going to be going as fast as they can and they are going to be trying to do just as much as needed to get the job done and sometimes that line gets blurry and and people don't agree and yeah, it is challenging to see that unfold. And on both sides, like it's challenging to see the judge have to hold the line and just not give in. But it's also challenging in situations like that where it's like, man, if I could, if I could coach that athlete or if I could give them advice, it's like, hey, just move on and we can try to resolve this later. You know, It's not gonna get resolved as time is ticking on the field. Just suck it up and right or wrong, just keep going, and then yeah. we can deal with it once the event is over. We can look into it if you really feel that strongly. Hmm. But on the field, I mean, what what can you do uh, in a lot of those instances? So, you know, that's it's interesting. We've started uh, 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 consulting with an athlete panel. Uh, I think that's been uh, yeah. pretty public, uh, and it's it's really great to hear their perspectives uh, coming from a competitor's standpoint and and just how they think that we approach things and sometimes that is very much in line with the way we are. And sometimes it's, it's very different the way that we actually implement protocol and the way it, it's perceived on the athlete. end, and so I think what we could do a better job of moving forward is just communicating, Hey, this is our process and this is the process we apply to everybody. And if that's more, uh, clear going in, I think you're going to have a lot less of that conflict, you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, you see it sometimes. Some some athletes just can't get out of that. You know, I gotta fight it now. I gotta <laughs> yeah. gotta dig in, and then the crowd gets riled up, and it becomes a, a focal point. And I mean, also it's, it's a, bit a bit of a rest as well
0: sometimes. Yeah. if you're tired, <laughs> yeah, totally. it's a, it's a bit of a chance <laughs> to know? just take an extra ten <laughs> seconds to be like, oh, but I did touch it. <laughs> <there."> like, yes. <laughs> um, I think as well, like a lot of perception people might have is like that if someone doesn't do something, say there's like I don't know pistol squats, and it's like the judge says seven and then the athlete goes down and the judge says seven, no rep or whatever, you know, like, is there, is there much of an opportunity there for the athlete to, to be like, wh- like what do I need to do differently there? Like what did I not do that you want me to do? Or is it just, Oh yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and that's one thing I stress with uh, with our team also, you know, um, for the game specifically uh, we try to rehearse every event as off as much as possible in the lead up <clears throat> so that everybody's very clear on what the standard is. Yeah, Uh, on the judging team and then part of that is communicating quickly what's wrong so that the athlete can adjust and move forward I'm a big believer that the judge is not there to be this wall of uncommunication it's like uh, really
0: confusing hand movements To (laughs)
1: yeah exactly no I mean I like we train our team uh, for the games it's like as soon if you if you have the opportunity the movement's not so fast-paced that it's going to put you behind you know, like a double under, you're not really going to, well, it's going to be obvious number one, yeah. but number two, there's just the pace of it. You're not going to have time to communicate. So don't, that's going to make it worse. But okay. something like you're describing with a, with a pistol, um, you know, the training is very much no rep depth. Okay. So you get the no rep and then you get an immediate rationale for it. in you know, a one word, non-confusing, straight down the pipe type of way so that the athlete can respond. You know, in my opinion, The sport should not be a guessing game. It's not a memory test. It's not a, do you know what I mean? And there's so much involved with each movement and often the sequence and there's a lot to remember. And I, I don't believe that the athlete uh, is there to test their ability to remember a specific ordering or a specific, you know, new standard. Yeah. Yeah. They have to perform it. If it's wrong, they're going to get penalized. For it, but it's on our uh, end to communicate clearly so that they can make the adjustment and show us what they're capable of
0: yeah i like that um the hardest workout you've been part of judging that i'm guessing the ring can't oh. is up there yeah that's a tough one yeah i think that's
1: probably uh that one's
0: probably takes the cake <laughs> probably the that hardest one was... as well in fairness
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh I didn't do
0: that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of the demo That's team coming mean. out for for yeah. that demonstration must have been thrilled. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one is definitely a challenge. Uh people that are a dream to judge then. Is there anything that jumps to mind of like you know, they have a, you know, someone with a really good attitude or really good or oh, yeah. someone that you literally never <clears throat> have to know rep.
1: You know, honestly, the top of the heap is usually exactly that. Uh, To a T, you know, most of the people that are on top of the podium are the ones that their standards are crystal clear. They don't try to skirt the line between, "Eh, is it there? Is it not there? Are you forcing the judge's hand? No, I mean, you look at uh, the two most prominent male competitors, uh, Rich Froning, Matt Fraser. I think that's undeniable. And both of them, you go back and watch any competition that they're a part of. And it's like they frankly it's like they wouldn't even need to judge their standards are right on the money almost every time and in the rare occasion that it's not there's no argument there's no pushback they just do another one correctly and move on it's like they just Mm. jettison that out of their mind and keep moving forward um so yeah those guys are are amazing i mean you know same thing on the women's side you know tia is is the easiest one in the field to judge because their standards are so good and uh it's funny people people don't talk to me about my opinion on uh, competitive mindset and training and that sort of thing. And I find that interesting because I like, I have been around a long time and I do, I do think that I have some things worth listening to. But. <laughs> and, and one of those things is uh, I'm a firm believer that if you are somebody that has to rely on, I just squat like, okay, the standard is here and I'm going to hit it to the millimeter and I'm going to try to ride that line and, that's what i have to do to get by that you're going to be an also ran yeah if that's if that's part of your game plan is to just you know try to do the minimum work required to me it speaks to a severe lack of confidence in your abilities that you can actually win on fitness and you're trying to maximize something else that is a peripheral that maybe if the stars align and everybody else has a bad day and you have a good one you can do it yeah. And I'm like, That's, that, that is not the mind of a champion, in my opinion. So I, yeah. I think that it, for people training, they should try to root that out. Uh, and especially in training, I think that they should try to make them, make their standards more strict so that when they come to an event that is officiated, it's like, oh, this is easy. And I often see the opposite. I see people at their home gyms get away with much more than they should be. And then they come to a, a competition that is, you know, strict and they get surprised by that and frustrated by that. And then they fall apart.
0: Um, so. Yeah. Anyway, see, but to, yeah, you see a lot of that, even in, like yeah, on social media and stuff, you'll see someone doing something and you'd be like, you know, okay, well, judging by their strength and their fitness level, they should be like, well, I yeah. don't know, top five in the country in the open next year. And then you check <laughs> and it's like, Oh no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I and I, you though, know, like, I have
1: a lot of, sorry. Go ahead. On. Well, I was going to say that, uh, you know, it's funny, like training, I get a lot of direct messages where people just tag me on videos and like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I, it looks like a guy in his gym. I think it looks like he's working out in his gym. Are we trying to analyze this as if it's a standard in competition? Are we just trying to say, hey, this is somebody's first muscle up? Is this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like the context matters. And I, mm-hmm. I really don't like this attitude of like all training needs to be held to the same competitive standard as as the game it's ridiculous you know it's, it's not it's training yeah but if you're a professional athlete yeah that's different you have to include that as part of your uh your game plan you know yeah
0: i think a lot of that though like those messages that you're getting and stuff i'd say a lot of that is the same it echoes of the same like you know oh they must be on steroids then it's like you know, oh, yeah, thing yeah, of like totally. I'm not happy yeah. for someone else to have success so I'll try and yeah. find a flaw like I'll try and find yeah. someone who agrees with me that it's not right and who better than yeah. the head judge to tell me so I'm like, <laughs> oh, look he said it look <laughs> um, yeah I think I think you're right on the money <laughs> obviously like you're we've kind of mentioned there about training in your own gym and things like that like the open obviously springs up a few little kind of few little weeds every year of you know sure. discontentment Definitely. where people are like yeah. oh but I mean you know that their best friend is judging them or their girlfriend is judging yeah. them or whatever there was no one else there when they were doing the workout etc yeah. like is that something that you think is becoming worse or is it becoming better no. managed and I suppose I... a follow-up then is do you think that there's like any danger of anything like that cropping up in a couple of weeks time
1: Great question, Uh, and there's a lot there. I think that the Open, um, what people forget about the Open, like your individual experience is such a small part of that. I mean, it is quite literally the the largest participatory sporting event on earth. You know, we have we've had almost half a million people involved in in the Open at its peak, and you think about that, you're like that is a humongous net, and and within that, you're definitely going to have the bulk of the people that they have their competition, and it's all just kind of run the way it's supposed to and there's no drama and it's just fun and, and all of that. And then you're going to have people that feel like they got the short end of the, uh, the review system. And then you're going to have people that, you know, others look at and they're like, Oh, this guy clearly got away with murder or whatever. Uh, and I think a lot of that is just the size of it is, is going to create more opportunities for there to be those outliers just because there's so much of everything. Mm. Um, but that being said, our, our systems have gotten a lot better over the years and uh i think again where the breakdown is sometimes is just with communication and the expectation of time to resolution mm. again the size of the event is is i mean it's daunting every year right you look down the, the barrel of that many people competing you're like okay here we go yeah <laughs> and so when you receive a complaint uh or you receive uh you know a video that isn't a standard or whatever that review system takes time. It takes time to review that. It takes time to reach consensus on what needs to happen. It takes time to communicate that back. And so I think what happens a lot of time is somebody submits something or there's a, you know an issue that happens. They don't hear much about it in the time frame that they're expecting, which is hmm. usually like right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then they kind of forget about it. But they don't realize like that is still open and under review and still processing. And then a resolution happens, but they're like, Oh, I don't care about that anymore. I'm already three people past that or whatever. Mm -hmm. They've, they've got something else that they've now uh, latched onto. And so, yeah, I think overall our systems have gotten a lot better and a lot more uh, uh, like just able to take, somebody performing in their own gym and the the way that that's recorded and the way that we can look at it um and reach a resolution that's more fair um yeah that process is always improving it's just uh it just takes time and people Mm -hmm. don't like that (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the real disconnect
0: and what about in a couple of weeks time then is there any yeah year of that kind of in february no like in you know the online game oh
1: oh oh, oh yeah 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 for the first virtual stage mm-hmm. yeah well so that's a little different and um for a number of reasons i mean frankly we've never done an event like this so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see it unfold you know i have I've a lot of faith in our team uh we've got a lot of good people working hard to to make that uh as smooth as it can be but you know we've designated judges uh either staff judges that we've used at the games with a lot of experience or There's certain instances where just due to travel restrictions and things like that, we, we can't source uh, a staffer. Uh, we are reaching into the community of regionals and other experienced judges. Mm -hmm. And so we're placing those judges with athletes. So it's good. There's an impartiality there that you don't have with the open. But you know, when, when it's me and you in my garage doing the open, and you're my best friend and we train together. Yeah. You can, you can, absolutely make the case that the standards are, are going to need an extra layer of view yeah. when it's us sending our best to those athletes and they don't have a relationship with them. And it's, you know, it's a very uh, kind of impartial assignment. Uh, I think it's going to cut down on, on a lot of that.
0: Have you thought and, about and, what happens if like, cause obviously it's not, there's not an awful lot of time, I guess, between right. the online yeah. section and the, you know, the aromas section. Like, have you thought about what happens if we'll say we'll just pick two people, we'll say Emma McQuaid qualifies and then you have, you know, everything set up and then someone says, Oh, wait a minute, I want to contest workout three. I thought my judge was harsh, or I thought I got such and such a time, but it was actually put down at such and such a time, and then you guys don't have a long window. I guess the only bonus is Maybe there's less people, so it's less likely to happen.
1: Yeah, so, you know, yeah. With the, with the, with a competition of thirty men and thirty women, uh, we can handle that. That yeah. is that is small potatoes as far as uh, <laughs> the, the scope of competition that we've run online in the past. So that that does not worry me.
0: Yeah. And
1: are, you know, we have a we have a pretty good uh, process of appeals and review. And um, you know, the plan is over the duration of that uh, event because it's going to be running internationally. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's going to be some some time swing and things like that um we're going to have our team basically on site kind of working in shifts around that um so uh within that competition if there is anything that's going to be under review or needs amendment or things like that i mean that'll be handled before the close of competition there yeah. there shouldn't be any lag between okay we've closed the competition we have a month until aromas and we're still trying to figure things out in that uh, it'll be resolved by very if if not by close of competition very close to that
0: yeah. yeah okay um you you mentioned earlier on that like context is everything like you know that it, yeah if someone's doing a workout and gets their first muscle up like are there times where videos are sent in for review because you know anyone i think anyone wants to have done the judges course i think you can flag an open score yep So like, are there instances where, say, if I'm in my gym and I get my first ever muscle up, like not going to happen. But if it happened and and I was like, you know, like essentially dry humping the bar to get up and touching it everywhere, arms touching it everywhere, whatever. And there's a video and it's horrible to watch, but the pure elation and joy on my face and my coach is like, "Oh God, I can't not give him the rep. Are there times where you get sent videos like that, where it's like, I mean, he's two hundred and twenty first thousand in the world like is there any point giving him a penalty on it like is is, does context come into it in that way for
1: you only in the sense that usually that's not going to be high enough on our uh, priority to really get the team to assess it what um, you know, again, well, my muscle I know right yeah might, <laughs> might be a shocker yeah well no in that case you you benefit from that system because it'll be as written or as marked you know so. yeah like four, four years so, later I'll get uh, an email I,
0: saying oh, that actually was an order
1: by the way <laughs> yeah totally uh, no you know there is definitely a threshold of what we can uh, review with as much depth as we'd like and so mm. a lot of that actually comes from that um, community rating system uh, if we have a video and there's one person that's flagged it and it's like you said 200,000th on the leaderboard it's as far as the the queue of other things that we have to review it's going to be way down at the bottom mm. um, if we had that same video it was somebody that was relatively unknown and their performance was oh wow this guy has a shot at getting to the games and comma there are Fifty judges that have all given this the thumbs down. We're like, we better prioritize this yeah. and, and take a look at it. So, so it's not so much context uh, in terms of what we'll allow and what we won't, but just what the reality is of who we can review and in what order, mm. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, it does. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us then about the challenges that the athletes are going to face? I suppose first of all online, and second of all, the 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 top when they get to the aromas. Well, I can't tell you much because that's part of the deal,
1: but, uh, I'm really excited for both stages. Actually. I think the, uh, the virtual competition, I I have to admit, you know, when we first started crafting it, I was like, I don't know if we can, we can, uh, manage something that is going to be up to the games standard. Uh, you know, being at kind of a flagship of the sport, there's a certain expectation there and uh, rightly so. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if we can get, get to a point, but now that we have the events, you know, Dave's put the kind of the final stamp on them and we know a little bit more how we're going to execute them and things. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're going to be great. Uh, and then the on-site event I'm very excited for, and it's kind of the silver lining to a much smaller competition is that it really opens up the door of what you can do Mm. because logistics are just way less complicated when you've got a small field of athletes versus, you know, four heats of 20, Mm. uh, and spectators and scheduling conflicts. And, other events running with masters and teams and you strip all of that away and you're like oh wow we have almost like free reign so and it's home turf on on dave's land so uh we have that advantage um so some of the events for that i'm very excited to uh, to see how that comes together um, it's going to be great it's going to be hard uh, um i think that comes as no surprise uh i think it's going to be very much uh What's the word? It'll quell a lot of people who want to write off 2020 as like, oh, it's an, an asterisk year, or oh, you know, it's always okay. gonna be a question of whether or not it was actually a test that was in line with the other year's games. I'm like, no, that's not the case at all. <laughs> it's good <laughs> so yeah, they, they they better be ready. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind well.
0: of feel like someone might die like that. Dave uh, like, no, no, away no, and be like
1: <laughs> No Well, that's that's the other thing, right? Like that's part of our job is to temper like yeah. dave's grandioseness and we're like well actually dave hold on <laughs> 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 so yeah so it'll be um, hard yeah but
0: there's there's an irish judges uh group has been set up
2: it's oh, like cool.
0: aimed at like you know i guess like okay well, they're not professionals they're like volunteers but you know like professionalizing yeah. the the job that they do yeah. and sure you know, like I guess, like maintaining standards across the board, like you were saying, between different mm-hmm. regions, that everything's the same. They want all Irish competitions to have the same like level of standard. That's great. Um, yeah. Do you think something? I know there's like kind of the beginnings of something may, maybe worldwide happening with that. Like, do you think that the system needs a bit of a revamp, or do you think that if it continues along its current course, it'll get to where it needs to be?
1: Um, that's an interesting question. You know, we had such a, a not a rocky. It, it, the last two years have been challenging because CrossFit decided that it was going to, you know, downsize a lot of its operations and change directions on what it was going to focus on. And uh, you know, agree with that or disagree with that, it's what happened, and it's what we've been working with for the last two years. So we haven't really made as much progress, uh, and I think that frustrates a lot of people. And, and fair enough. Uh, and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of independent groups start to rise and and try to fill that gap, which is great. I mean, I think that's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, I do think that we have a lot of opportunity to put forward more education from us. I think that that has been something there has been kind of low appetite for uh, internally for the last couple of years. And and Mm -hmm. uh, the way I see it going is that there's going to be a much more attention given to that. I hope, Um, you know, I'd love to, to, to help in that direction. Uh, and I do think that there's a lot that we could be offering uh, in that. So, so that's definitely one thing. And then the other thing I think is interesting is I think sometimes people with good intentions have an interesting view on where they see the sport going. And uh, if I think big picture about it, it's, it's almost like a bit of a philosophical impasse um, because in my opinion, and I'll, I'll, talk about the end state that i see some people kind of pushing for they're like they want a standardization to the level that you could get crossfit in a major venue like the olympics uh something like that you know that there's talk of of that from from certain areas and i'm like that's great that's a lofty aspiration that's awesome that you have that kind of uh, vision but in my opinion um that's not the right venue for the sport Uh, the 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 part of the sport is the dynamic changing nature of it and yes that exists within a framework of you know a squat is always going to be a squat but there is always going to be something that's different and that is not always going to be given to the athletes with time for them to prepare Mm -hmm. that's intentional that's part of the game adaptability is a huge huge component and in my opinion if you get too structured and too uh, rigid and i certainly don't think we're falling into that, that 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 direction but if that's the goal, I think you can also stifle a lot of what's great about the sport. And so you just have to be careful there with that tension, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. But anyway, to, to, to kind of encapsulate that, yes, I think we could do a, be a lot more robust with what we offer in terms of judging education. I, I hope that we we move in that direction with you know new leadership and things like that. Um, at the same time, I think it's great that those with experience are getting together and talking about this and developing their own you know, kind of ways of professionalizing things. That's that's great. All of that is great. Um, but again, I just I I do think that people need to stop and think about all right, what does CrossFit competition look like? Is it so standardized to the point that I can go and like I expect the same event? Well, in some ways, yes. But that has to offer enough flexibility that the events can still be dynamic. Right? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Do you think then that like say an online um i guess basically kind of like a lecture i guess or like the video Mm. with the test at the end like at the end of each movement standard is enough then for someone to get a judging certification for like the open or whatever
1: i you know i view it as just like we have our kind of education with the level one and things like that it's like you know the, the criticism we hear about the level one all the time is like oh you can take this and be a trainer It's like, well, yeah, you can in the same way that I could go to any gym anywhere in the world. And I don't really need much to train people. Mm. That's not the point. It's not, it was never intended to be an expert level course. This is, you know, we say it all the time throughout the level one and in the materials and all of that. It's like, this is your introduction. Mm. It's on you to continue that educational process. This is the foundation. This is, you know, this is. This is grade school. This is not university. You know? <laughs> and intentionally, but before you go to university, you have to understand the, the, the concepts in, in, in grade school. Mm. Uh, I feel very much about the same about the, uh, the basic judges course that we have right now. It's like, this is not intended to be something that marks somebody apart uh, as like, oh, I'm, I'm super experienced, super, super competent judge. It's like, no, no, this is basic, basic stuff. Can you identify the basic requirements for the movement in like the most low ball, low stress situation possible?
2: Hmm.
1: Very, very square one. Uh, so is it enough for me to take somebody that's like, yep, I've done the judges course. Okay, great. You're on Rich Froning in the games. No, that does not give me that confidence. You know, <laughs> But does it give me uh, an opportunity to say, okay, this person has at least invested enough time that during their local open, they've gone through and and taken a look at the material we can we can track that they've actually done this yeah that's that's a great first step Mm. Um, i think it uh, is incumbent on us to offer more steps and that's what I again that's what i hope we we get to uh you know in the in the next however long
0: yeah yeah no i think that's yeah i think that's i think that's what people like to hear as well that it's like yeah you know, a, a kind of an acceptance that the system isn't perfect and that it's like evolving. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It's not like, no, there's nothing wrong with it, it's fine. You know, I think that's right. important to acknowledge. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um Yeah, no, that's <laughs> well, and that's that's another thing that's kind of funny, you know, like I, I this whole us versus them thing again to come back to that, I think sometimes it's like I've had conversations with athletes, some emotional, some not so emotional. And I've had to stop them sometimes and be like, Look, I, I know that you train full time and I know that this is important to you. But understand that everybody who's part of the core games team has been thinking about this and dedicating themselves to this since before you knew what the sport was. So don't don't believe that you are the only one that is invested in this process on an emotional and intellectual and like, you know, I I understand it's your identity. Hey, it's been my identity, too, for a long time. And and we genuinely want this to be as good as it can be. Like there's a lot of passionate people that uh, I mean, man. You wouldn't last on that team if you didn't care about uh, what you were doing on a a level that was beyond like, well, I get a paycheck, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you wouldn't last. There's no way it's too stressful. It's too much work. There's too much, uh, you know, noise surrounding it, both good and bad. Like you you wouldn't you wouldn't last. So, Mm. yeah. Um, So, yeah, you're right. It is an acceptance that, hey, look, we want this to be better. It is a process. I believe it keeps getting better. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a very young sport. People forget mm. about that too. Yeah, true. Like we're talking about twelve years, you know, thirteen years of uh, of competition. It's it's not this uh, you know traditional, long-standing, decades uh, old kind of kind of thing with with rules that have been grounded. And it's like, no, man, it's always it's always been dynamic, <laughs> and <Yeah>. it's young. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, we
0: finished with a quick fire.
1: Oh, Sorry. all right. I'm bad at those if you can tell. <laughs> yeah, I
0: actually my, my I I'm just looking at my first question in the quick fire. I was like, he's not gonna be able to okay. answer this one quickly. Um all right. co- coaching, I'll do my best. coaching or judging?
1: Uh coaching.
0: Oh, it's quicker than I thought. Um yeah. flat white or long black? Flat white. Snatch or clean? So oh,
1: I'm gonna go with clean. Uh bike or row? Oh, bike for sure. Wait, assault salt bike?
0: Yes, because I feel like that would be a more entertaining answer. <laughs>
1: Row. I, I amend my,
0: my decision on that.
1: <laughs> Row for sure.
0: <laughs> uh, chipper or sprint?
1: Uh,
0: sprint. Ski or run?
1: Oh, run every day.
0: Um, What three men will podium this year?
1: Oh, it's a great question. Well, I mean... It's really what two behind Matt, in my opinion. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> he's such a phenom. He's uh, yeah, that guy's a beast. Uh, okay, who, who else do I think is going to be up there? I think Noah is still uh, chasing down Matt. I I I would be pretty confident that he's going to end up on the podium. And then I think one of the Canadians uh, probably have a good chance too. So Brent or or Patrick, I'll go with Vellner because I think that he's a little more well rounded than Tchaikovsky.
0: I think as well I think like Noah like I don't know if he if he's one of those type of people who fe- who feels like extrinsic forces or anything but I think a lot of people are like well now he has to prove that last year wasn't a fluke like that it yeah. wasn't you know that it, it wasn't a flash in the pan and I think the opposite of that the Canadians like say Brent and Pat need to prove that last year was a fluke that they shouldn't have gone home. You right, know? right. It's it's yeah. I see the opposite with interesting. Noah. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I see the opposite with Noah. I think he had a taste of oh man, I was right there. Yeah, and that's going to be a motivating factor for him. Like, okay, I know what I need to do to just yeah. get that one last piece of the puzzle.
0: It's amazing, though. I yeah, mean, it's, when when you look through the field, there's some real dark horses that, like, oh man, I, I think there's going to be a lot of surprises in the online section. I think I don't yeah. think uh, your, I don't think your standard five is what we're going to be ending up with in California. Yeah, I think just one or two yeah. dark horses, like, yep, yeah. Um, okay, what three women then, or what two women behind? Uh, her, I guess again, I have a ton of confidence in Tia.
1: I mean, mm. she's just a powerhouse. Um, I think. Sarah Sigmund's daughter makes the top five, but I don't know if she ends up on the podium after that. Oh, let me think. Who else do I like in the field? Um, I think Kristen Holta is criminally underrated a lot of the mm. time and uh, an amazing athlete. I think she's going to end up on the on the podium. That's cool. And my third. Let me think.
0: It's an Irish podcast. Remember. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <I'm> definitely McQueen. I got to make up for my previous gap, right? Is that level it out? <laughs> I'm back in, I'm back in, back in the good books.
0: <laughs> yeah. um No, I think similarly, I think there's, because I think like it'll be interesting to see, like, I'm really curious to see what the work is, because I was talking to Andreas Allberg last week. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, we were kind of going down to the workouts. And this is before, like, Morning Shot Cup got a hold of a few bits and Armin got a hold of a yeah. few bits. But I was like, you know, I mean, you know, are you are you kind of annoyed at the test that you're going to have because, you know, like, there's certain things that you won't be able to do because obviously you won't be able to run. And then she was like, oh, no, we've been told, like, we need to have a track or access to a track or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, like, that really changes everything because <laughs> I had spoken to Evan McQuaid, like, the week before. And she was like, I'm really pissed off because I've been running. I've been doing rock runs. I've been climbing mountains, yeah. running. And she was like, it just feels like it's a bit of a waste now. But so yeah, I think yeah. that's cool that they'll have an opportunity to do. I think like some people are kind of worried like, oh, it's just going to be another open. It's just going to be wall balls and rower and, you know, whatever. No. So I think it's cool. No, it's, it's going to be legit. <laughs> yeah, I think as well, like I'm sure when Dave, when they realized this is what was going to be happening, I'm sure Dave was like, well, it's definitely not going to be just another open.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah. Well, and you know, part of the the fun of working with Dave is that again, he doesn't start with constraints in mind. He thinks about what is the ideal and he'll pitch that to the team and then it's, it's our job jobs. to try to well, not other people's job, but it's like he's like this is this is the end state that I want. This yeah. is what I think is going to be best. And then we as a team go back and try to poke some holes in it. Yeah. And we'll come back and say, "Okay, this is awesome, but this is impossible." <laughs> mm. Or, you know, maybe not impossible, but this is what we would have to do to be able to make this work. Is that is that something that we can commit to?
2: Yeah. And so if he, he answers he, no, he,
1: okay, well, then we'll go back to the drawing board and figure out something that's like, if this was the, the perfect execution of it, then maybe we can get here. Yeah. And uh, so he, he but, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't start.
0: Theater, it's, it's okay. your job, and theater people's job to kind of quell his ambition a bit and say, like, yeah, come on now, that's not really feasible. Just, just to temper it. Yeah,
1: yeah, just the temper. But that's good though. It's it's yeah. you don't want somebody uh, leading the charge who's thinking with the damper on. You don't yeah. want that. You know, you want the person with the vision, and then okay, well, let's figure out how we can craft that vision into a, something that actually works. Hmm. But if you're starting from this position of constraint, I mean, it's it's always just going to be subpar. So it's it's great in my opinion. You, you want that person that's going to challenge, hmm. uh, you know, what's possible, um, and that's why you get things like. Oh, it's just another open no it's not going to be just another open so yeah are you nervous about it or are you excited about it or both both, yeah. both. Uh, you know i'd be i'd be lying if i said that i wasn't nervous we've never done a competition of this
0: nature before
1: do you feel um, a you know, bit of pressure sitting,
0: after the success of the rogue invitational do you think as well uh, yeah absolutely i mean we you know we want to be uh the
1: standard of the sport and uh, you know the rogue team is phenomenal we've all worked with them uh, for years and years very closely. They're great. They're friends. They're, uh, you know, they, they have an amazing organization. So um, hats off to them for, for pulling that competition off. It's very cool. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, they've set the bar very high and, and we hope to, uh, you know, at least uh, be on par with what they were able to achieve in that online setting and, and carry forward the, the standard that the Games is known for, you know, that's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's the goal. So, Hopefully so it's yeah, a- there's yeah. like some pressure.
0: Hopefully it's a once off that this is the only time, this is the only year that we'll ever need to worry about anything yeah. like this because I'm sick of it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you and everybody else. I I'm, I'm with you, man. It's been uh, it's been challenging, that's for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> um listen, thanks a million for coming on. Uh that's yeah. great. Really enjoyed it. Um best of luck with everything. Um hopefully the next time we have you on, we'll be talking about what a roaring success the 2020 games was.
1: That sounds great, man. I'd love to do it again. Uh, yeah, reach out to me. I'll be, I'll be uh, definitely in the cave of uh, games responsibilities until this whole thing wraps up. But um, yeah, let me know after that.
0: So sure. best of luck, man. Enjoy it.